Welcome to the Marketing for Startups podcast. If you're trying to figure out marketing for your startup, then you're in the right place. In this podcast, we go high level, looking at the intersection of branding, data, and leadership to offer you a marketing playbook to grow and scale. Join me each week for in-depth interviews, tactical advice, and practical trainings. Hi, I'm your host, Victoria Hajar, veteran marketer and startup enthusiast. I promise to bring my experience and curiosity to each episode Then together, we'll peel back the onion on this ever-changing discipline that is marketing. I'm so happy you're here. Let's dive in. Welcome to the Marketing for Startups podcast. I am your host, as always, Victoria Hajar, and I am just like so jazzed and so excited that you're listening in because we're at the end of Q4. This is, for some, a stressful time, but I hope for most of you, a really exciting time, a time when you're dreaming, a time when you are reconnecting with your big vision. I hope that everyone's taking some time to do some quarterly planning. And that's exactly what we're going to be talking about today. Um, I love talking about lazy goal setting because I feel like for many years of my life, I was overwhelmed by the process. And I would wipe out like five hours or four hours out of my calendar to kind of dig through all of the particular data and look through my calendar, everything that I did every single month of the year. And while all of this is definitely helpful, like, I mean, and if you love doing that, do that. But what ended up happening, because I was taking so long to do yearly planning and quarterly planning was that I would just like put it off and I began to dread it because it it became this task where it's like, oh, well, if I don't have three hours to do it, if I don't have five hours to do it, then I might as well just not do it. One of the biggest um, challenges I have as a mindset, and I like, please tell me if, if you're with me on this, is that sometimes I feel like if things can't be done perfectly, then like, what's the point of doing it, right? And I think a lot of us fall into this frame of mind when we're trying to be tracking our data. And I know I went through this for many years as well, because I knew that the numbers maybe weren't 100% accurate. And what I've come to learn, like as I've matured as a marketer, and I just have a lot more experiences, is that you know, there's going to be discrepancies in data that just exists, and you need to find a way to just kind of like move on right? And just like work with a perfect, like with an imperfect system and do the best that you can. It reminds me of like, if you do budgeting, for example, I've battled against this for years too, where it's like, okay, I'm not recording every single expense for our like personal budget and for the family. So it's like, what's the point? Or if you're someone that is counting your macros, right? Like if you're in the fitness world, like I am, and you're counting your macros, like a big barrier is like, okay, well, if I can't, count, you know, this salad perfectly or this meal perfectly, then like, what is the point? But what I've learned over the years or and what I'm still trying to work on for some of the other areas of my life is that getting something is better than nothing. And so when I talk about the lazy goal planning, it's like, listen, we need to make sure we're like directionally accurate when we're looking at the data and we're deciding on our big goals. But None of this process has to be perfect. 
In fact, you should be anticipating that things are going to change and shift because that is just the way the business works. And the thing is, is that we often maybe lose sight of like why we're doing certain goals because we get so like head down and bogged down on maybe completing a certain thing that we haven't even taken time to step back and say like, okay, now I'm three months into my business, six months into my business. Is this still relevant? Is this goal still relevant? And so that's why I also, especially for startups, have a hard time really planning the whole year. Now, this is something that has shifted a lot for me in the past couple of years. Now, I used to think that you need to sit and you need to plan all 12 months, right? You have these big ideas of these big projects that you want to set out for. There definitely is, there's nothing wrong with planning for the entire year, but I find that A, can be a little bit overwhelming and B, you get so much information in 90 day chunks. It's much more helpful to just plan in quarterly 90 day chunks instead of trying to plan for the whole entire year, especially with earlier businesses, because for marketing, like probably with every other department in your early stage startup, if you have one, or if you're in a growth phase, you know that all of your departments, I mean, you're just like getting your information and iterating and improving constantly. And you have to be agile. And so planning for 12 months can get a little bit stiff. So today I'm going to show you how to do like a lazy planning session in one hour. Okay. There's four steps to it. I've been doing this four years for myself and my own business and for just like dozens and dozens of clients over the years. And it is, it is like a low stress, easy, fun process. And you can bang it out with your team. You can bang it out alone. However you feel comfortable. There's only four steps. And all you really need is some kind of vision of data that you do have in your business, right? High-level overview. And really like a pad and paper to start recording your ideas. And that is it. You don't need to do like in-depth analysis or anything like that. So we'll go through the four steps. But I do want to say, back to the data conversation, if you don't have a system or a way that you're tracking at least the top metrics in your business, now should be the time before the new year starts that you really hunker down and just get yourself a Google sheet to track two or three main metrics in your business and try to get a sense of what the past couple months have looked like. So what would that mean? In my eyes, that would mean revenue, tracking how much revenue you've made, how many customers you've converted to make that, right? So how many customers? So that could be kind of like the same metric if the customers have the same value. You want to say, you know, how many deals did you close? How many customers did you get? How many people bought your thing? How many leads did you get into your business, right? How many, how did your email address grow? How many like people kind of, were interested in you and by giving and leaving left their email address. Um, and honestly, that's probably a great place to start. That's probably a great place to start because you have one leading metric and one lagging metric. And honestly, we get so 
bogged down, like thinking we need to measure every single thing. But at the highest level, when you're trying to move fast and all these things, really two, those two metrics are a great place to start, right? Just how many leads do you have? And how many deals did you close? We can dig deeper into strategizing and all of that stuff when we're building our marketing strategy and all those things. We're taking the time to kind of sort that out. But now we're just doing quarterly planning. And a lot of the quarterly planning will be probably really like gut-based. You probably have a very clear understanding of the things that need to happen in your business just because you're operating the business, okay? So let's go through our four-step lazy goal planning system, okay? And don't worry, this is going to be super fun. One hour, okay? So first thing you want to do is get your notebook, get a, maybe a Google Sheet open in your computer, whatever, and you're going to want to set your timer for eight minutes. Let's do eight minutes. And you're going to spend some time reconnecting with your big vision. This is so important. And this is something that I fall victim to I freaking lot. And there's so many opportunities that come up. There's like so many creative ideas. There's so many ways to grow your business that we often in the throes of operation can change our course, okay? Especially if we go into this system of chasing revenue because all revenue is not good revenue. So let's use an example that you are, you're, you're selling a product or service, but there's something that just isn't as profitable as other products or services that you have, okay? And you want to shift your strategy, shift your marketing plan a little bit so you're no longer selling the product or service that is not profitable, okay? And this is like a super common thing that happens where we realize that just our margins aren't good enough. And even though it's something that's selling, it doesn't quite make sense for us financially, okay? Now, if we're chasing revenue, oftentimes in the throes of, of operations, we may be just wanting to close the deal and wanting to make the money. And so we find ourselves at the end of the quarter still selling that product that's not profitable or still selling that product we want to sunset just because the money's there. And maybe it takes too much like mental thought or energy to kind of shift the strategy and all the steps that need to take may seem overwhelming. And so you just kind of go into a direction, possibly chasing after revenue that's not giving you the highest return because you're not connected with your big vision. So that's why this practice is so, so great. And it's great to do in your personal life and in your business and with all the, all the areas, any area of your life that you kind of want to have, you have a big vision or a big dream. So really eight to 10 minutes, just kind of do some reflecting on the previous quarter you know, what worked, what didn't work, where was some money coming in? And listen, you don't need to be reviewing spreadsheets. I'm sure that you have a clear idea where the money came from, you know, how you're selling people on your product or service, and then spend some time thinking of all the actions that I took this past year or this past quarter in accordance with what my big vision is. And this is the first step. And this is a lot of fun. For me, when I do this, because I've been doing this kind of in these more thinking moments this week, like before bed, I'll be thinking about 
the big vision versus what, what I've really been executing. And the reality is like, this is the fun part. And honestly, this is so important to do every single quarter. Every time I go through this exercise, I'm reminded of how important it is to do because we can get thrown off course so quickly and we don't even realize it. It's actually crazy. So I feel relieved because when I connect with my bigger vision, it gives me permission to say no to certain things. It gives me permission to sort of get my head above water, kind of have a high level overview of like, what am I working on? What is my staff working on? What are my teams working on? You know, are they actually helping me to achieve my bigger vision? Are they a roadblock? Are they enabling me? What are, what are they doing and how, if I stay on the course that we are now, am I going to end up where I want to be? Only takes eight or 10 minutes. The next step, which is step two, is about reviewing your historical results. Okay, so reviewing that data. And I'm going to stress again, if you don't have a marketing scorecard, you need to do one before the year is over. I have like a beautiful little template that you can just download for free, make a copy. It's right here in the show notes. It's uglyventures.com backslash scorecard. It is an awesome template. I love it. And again, you just erase sections that don't make sense for you. I sort of separated it by stage of the client value journey, which I think is so clever that I did that. Um, but what I love is that I give you a lot of ideas of ways that you can like tactics that you can execute at the different stage of the climb value journey. And if you're not doing one of those tactics, just a tactics, just erase it. Like for example, the first stage in the climb value journey is the awareness phase. And I put a lot of places which you can advertise like LinkedIn and Google and Instagram and whatever. And let's say you are. Um, running Facebook ads, but you're not running any other ads, you just erase those lines, right? You tighten it up, you erase as much as you need on that scorecard. So you're just looking at those core metrics that are really going to move the needle for you. Um, things that you want to be looking at on a weekly basis, I would suggest, or, you know, if you're a really small monthly basis, but you've got to start sort of understanding your numbers. You cannot plan for the quarter or do any goal setting without kind of understanding where you are and where you want to go. So if you don't have any historical numbers, that's okay. I got you. It's so easy. Your friend Google, you just got to type in the search bar what your industry is and what metrics you're interested in. So for example, let's say I'm running ads for uh, on LinkedIn, right? Because I sell B2B and I'm running ads on LinkedIn and I want to understand if my, my ads are performing well or not. Or if I'm not running ads yet, but I plan to, what are the metrics that I should be aiming for? So you can do a quick Google search and say B2B uh, LinkedIn ad click-through rate performance. And there's tons of resources either through LinkedIn or other marketing blogs that can tell you you know, for this, you know, what the average click-through rate is or what an average cost per lead is, all this stuff is available. So you don't have to start from zero, you know, it's really, really helpful and makes you a much better founder and leader because when you're hiring, 
an ad management company, for example, you want to understand, okay, is industry average $20 cost per lead? Is it $5 cost per lead? Is it $100 cost per lead? Because depending on the platform you advertise on, those numbers vary greatly, right? But you don't want to be spending $100 cost per lead for Facebook ads, for example, when, you know, average cost is usually like more like 10, right? So be smart and make sure you have these benchmarks in your mind, right? And benchmarks are just a place to start, right? As you start, you know, running with your marketing strategy and you start kind of, you know, running your own ads or doing your own SEO program or whatever, you'll be able to have your historical website traffic data and your historical cost um, per lead data all of that stuff, but you've got to start somewhere, right? Because when you're creating the goals, you need to um, have somewhere to aim. You have to have somewhere to aim. Um, and benchmarks is a great, great place to start. Okay, so that's step three. So let's just review. We've got step one, which is reconnecting with your big vision in your journal or whatever, and just doing a little reflecting. Eight minutes is actually a long time. You'll, you'll get a lot done in eight minutes. The next is looking at a scorecard, looking at your historical results or getting an idea of some industry benchmarks that will help serve as some targets for you to aim for, okay? That's step two. Next is step three. So step three is really where we start planning the goals and I want you to get back into your journal. So this is a practice that I absolutely love. Because I'm a little bit more of a, I don't know, left brain or right brain, I'm a little bit more of a story-driven person. I learned through stories. The numbers need to have some context in order for me to um, like really extract some actionable insights. So maybe you're a person where like you look at the numbers and they just like jump off the page and they make tons of sense to you or whatever. But for me, I find it really helpful actually like write a paragraph. And I do this when I'm communicating data to my clients. I say, okay, you know, we have, this is the performance. We have this much website traffic and we're converting these many customers. And based on industry benchmarks, you know, we are above or below industry benchmarks. And here are the ways in which we can improve it. Or why do I think the performance, whatever you, you put a story to the numbers. And in the process of doing that, you, you get some really great ideas of how you can improve that particular metric, right? Because at the end of the day, the goals that we have for ourselves should be contributing to the performance of the marketing and in turn to your overall business goals, which probably, I guess, is about increasing revenue or, or like building traction with your business in terms of like email list and followers, right? Those are kind of the two big mama goals that people want to um, want to achieve. So you want to keep those kind of high level goals in mind, which I know you already have in your head. You don't have to go through like a major process to figure out what you really want to do. You either want to make more money in your business or get more traction if you think that's where you are. But those are the overarching things, right? So when you're doing that, write out a little story of the date of the data. Now it could be the story that it's like, hey, I'm just starting. I don't have a website. I don't have a place for people to come and learn about my business. 
Um, and you can start kind of brainstorming a little bit around that problem you may have, or perhaps you are having low conversion, right? That you're getting these leads in, but they're not actually buying or they're not actually getting on a sales call or whatever. You can start by looking at the data saying, okay, well, I've got a website traffic and people are leaving their emails, but the lead to book call is so low. So you just start brainstorming. What are some of the things that I can be doing that are going to be improving that conversion rate? And this is when we start thinking like a marketer. We start thinking like a founder, right? We put on that hat where we're stepping back high level and looking at really what's going on and what are the results you're getting. And then as you're sort of mapping that out, storyboarding that out, right, in your notebook, I want you to take a moment, right? So you're going to set your, your alarm for eight minutes. You're going to kind of talk about data, talk about stories behind the things that you need and why maybe you're not getting leads or why you're maybe not getting website traffic, right? Because you need all these things in order to start actually getting a sale pipeline built. Eight minutes. And then I want to take, I want you to take just two more minutes. You can take one of these, like if you're watching this on YouTube, I have one of these like nifty little egg timer things. <clears throat> um, I want you to put two more minutes. I don't want you to think too much about this. And I want you to decide on the top three no more than three most urgent, most important ideas that you can actually realize from your um, data story exercise that I just had you do, right? So you're thinking in terms of data, you're brainstorming some ideas on kind of how to improve those conversions or those metrics or whatever. And from that piece of writing that you did in those eight minutes, in this two extra minutes I'm giving you, look at that and say, listen, okay, if I had to just pick top three, the most important things I can work on this quarter, what would they be? And then we're gonna, that's gonna bring us to step four. So step four is we're gonna have those top line metrics, okay? Now, I say three, three can actually also be a lot, okay? If you're like just starting out, I would say one, okay? But if you kind of under a little bit of a rhythm and, you're, and you have maybe some people supporting you, three is great. And this is another caveat. In your goals, I hope that you have a team and I want you to remember and recognize that your team should be working towards these goals as well. In fact, if you're doing three goals, I would say maybe one of them is something that you personally do and the other two are ones that team members, virtual assistant, marketing manager, social media manager, whatever, actually execute and you are just kind of the final say on them, right? You're kind of the um, accountable person for it, but you have someone on your team that's responsible for it. Because oftentimes we get tricked up here where we're setting like five goals. I remember in the olden days, I feel like top five, top five, everyone would always say top five. And I think that, I don't know, because we're more distracted or whatever. I just feel like five now is a lot. Top three is great. So step four is really creating and assigning these SMART goals. So you're going to take your one to three goals that you have prioritized as being the most urgent and the ones that are going to move the needle the most in your business. And you're going to open up a Google Sheet doc 
which I, this is what I love to do. Just a Google Sheet doc, super simple, where you're going to have one cell that's going to say, you know, here's the goal, but you're going to write out the goal. So there are specific metrics attached. Okay. So you want these goals to be smart goals, um, which is, why am I not? I'm blanking on exactly the acronym here, but they're, they're measurable, uh, relevant, time-bound. I put the acronym in the, in the show notes, but essentially the SMART goals, make sure that your goals have actual targets there, right? So you're actually going towards a specific number. So let's say the goal is to increase your email list by 500 subscribers by the end of the quarter through forging five to 10 partnerships where you, um, by forging five to 10 partnerships, right? That could be the way that you're going to grow your email list is through partnerships and you've targeted executing five to 10 type of partnership activity, okay? Then you want to put in the next cell who is the accountable person for it, right? That could be you. And then who's responsible? So let's say you have a virtual assistant that can help you create sort of a one pager about your company and help you to source possible partners. And maybe she's the, or he is the first point of contact. So maybe you have someone helping you on that specific goal. So you want sort of who's accountable, who's responsible. Now, if you don't have a team and you're just alone, just make just one responsible person. You don't have to do accountable and responsible. And then in the last uh, cell, you want to say, when's the due date? Um, and this becomes what you track every single week, the goals, the progress on the goal. Now, once you've created your goals, you're done. That's it. You've created your goals. Congratulations. There is one bonus um, thing that I would ask you to do, right? Once you have these goals, which is growing your email list by 500 to subscribers by executing five to 10 partnerships, right? Growing through leveraging other people's audiences. The bonus is, and I've also um, put a template that I use in the show notes here, would be to create a scope of work. So a scope of work is super easy. It's just taking the goal and bringing it, bringing it down into a couple of steps. Now, if you're going to be doing this with someone else, like executing it with that assistant that I mentioned before, then you better do that scope of work with that other person. And it's great. You can have to brainstorm. You can um, just get really aligned on what are all the steps, right? And it's going to be super clear on like all of the action items that are going to contribute to getting to that specific goal. And then on your weekly meetings, you're just going to take a peek at that scope of work, make sure that everyone's on time and on target for getting the little action items, little tasks done that are going to roll up into getting that goal accomplished. And that's it, four steps. So it's only taken you probably 45 minutes or so to reconnect with your big vision, um, take a look at some historical data or some benchmark numbers and start to have a few key metrics that you really, really want to be tracking, right? Decide what those are. Um, 
if you haven't really, if you don't have historical data, you just want to decide on those key metrics. If you do have data, great. Spend time really digesting it, looking over it. And then step four is making that, making that um, narrative around the data. Going through that practice is going to help you to uncover and reveal the things you really should be working on and really should be focusing on. And then step four, you're going to create statements that are smart statements that are basically stating what the goal is and what are the expected results, right? And then you'll slap like a due date on that. And that's it. It's really, really does not have to be complicated. But the, the one thing that I'll leave you with is this. When you set your goals with the foundation of data, right? You know that you're going to be working in the right direction. What most people do with goal setting and what I did for many years is you sit down and you're like, what goals do I feel like accomplishing this quarter, right? What do I think is going to help my business, right? And you kind of go, but in, it's sort of like an emotional way of, of um, doing your goal setting. Because a lot of people will sit down, they're like, I want to post every single day on Instagram, right? That is my quarterly goal. I'm going to be active every single day. I'm going to show up live. I'm going to be all over Instagram. That could be a really great goal. But I invite you to say like, well, what part of the data is that going to affect, right? Do we think that that's going to contribute to more sales? Well, let's make sure that we have a scorecard so we can actually be looking to make sure that we have, we have systems in place to track it, that if you're going to be getting your ass on Instagram every single day to do a live, you better make sure that you can track what the results are. And I would even invite you, like, don't even waste your time doing anything in marketing until you figure out a way to track that particular thing. And there's so many resources that are available on and, and learnings. There's Google Analytics. There's companies, there's SaaS products like Databox that can actually um, have great information on their blogs about tracking certain things. But you need to make sure that your goals are trackable, that your goals are trackable. So don't, don't execute anything in your marketing without being able to track it because chances are, I'm sorry, but chances are you get on Instagram in this climate right now, every single day for 90 days. I'm not so sure that it depends what your, it depends what your business is, but there's no guarantee that that's going to equal more sales. And so what I would say is that, okay, if you're doing that and then at the end of the quarter or maybe halfway through the quarter, you can say like, oh, wow, none of our website traffic comes from Instagram, even though I've been on there every single day for 60 days. That is going to spark you to start asking deeper questions like, well, where is my traffic coming from, right? Even if it's very small, where is my traffic coming from? And how do I do more of that? How do I amplify what's already working instead of running myself ragged, doing a marketing activity that's not giving me any return? So going through this simple, lazy, super simple four-step process is going to help you avoid burning out in your marketing, okay? And it's going to help you actually execute on the things that are really going to move the needle. And it could be just one big thing. If I were to, you know, take a SWOT analysis, not a SWOT analysis, let's say like a, what word am I thinking of? Like a, a sample 
analysis of founders that that I'm meant that I mentor, I would say that lead generation is probably the number one pain point, right? How do I get in front of more audience? How do I get in front of more people to sell to? And if that was my only goal was to grow my email list and get in front of more eyeballs, then let me tell you, pouring all your heart, soul, and focus and intentionality into doing that is going to serve you much better than three to five like half-baked marketing tactic ideas that's just going to stress you out. So that is it. That's my four-step lazy goal planning process. I hope that you liked it. And listen, if you are with me to the end, I have something really special to share with you, which is if you want to start your year off right, meaning getting yourself a killer marketing strategy that's going to give you amazing ROI, that's going to build that marketing flywheel for you so you understand all the pieces of the marketing puzzle, how it fits together, and how you're going to really set your business up for success. I have a three-day marketing boot camp. It's called the Marketing Strategy School Boot Camp. And you can check out all about that on my website, uglyventures.com backslash cohort. Okay. So if you go to backslash cohort, you're going to be able to find out all about the marketing strategy school cohort. I work with about five to 10 founders a month. So you get like super high touch. You get my time where we're building your marketing strategy hand in hand. It's a three day boot camp. It's intense. At the end of it, you walk away with your full marketing plan. You know um, what team members or what contractors you may need to fill in the gaps to get that plan together. We get your scorecard together um, hand in hand. I help set you know your your meeting cadence, um, how your you know your agenda for your marketing team, the whole thing. So I set you up for success. Um, and anyway, you can find out more about that uglyventures.com/cohort. So thank you for joining me today. We are almost at the end of the year. I will be back here next week for the final episode of the year. So I hope you join me and I hope to dispel a little bit of motivation, get you pumped up for 2023, because I know that this year is going to be just freaking awesome. Like this, this year has such good energy, good vibes coming out of it. I know that it's going to be one, like a lot of learning and a lot of growth for everyone. So hope that you join me next weekend. I just appreciate you so much. And one last thing. So if you do, if you do find value out of this episode and you know anyone that is trying to get their planning done or they're resisting getting their planning done, please just forward this on. You can take a screenshot. You can share it on Instagram, tag any founder you may know who, who may need it, or you can just simply just forward it on over text or WhatsApp to a friend. I would so appreciate it. All right. See you next week. You did it. You made it to the end of the episodes. Thanks for sticking around with me and listening all the way to the end. I really appreciate you as an audience member, and I hope that you found this helpful. If you did like this episode, it would mean so, so much to me if you subscribed, if you rate and review this podcast. It helps other people know that this podcast has something worth saying. Also, it'd be super awesome if you could take a screenshot and share on Instagram and tag me at Ugly Ventures, U-G-L-I Ventures, V-E-N-T-U-R-E-S. 
I am always so appreciative to hear from you. And I hope to see you back here next week on the Marketing for Startups podcast.